Blog Talk Radio. progress throughout life, uh, you lose the ability to play, um, lose your ability to play in high school sports, so, you know, I, growing up, I played baseball, I played football, and when I got to the college level, it was like, well, you know, I'm not so sure that this is going to be able to continue, so I ended up switching over, I kind of, you know, fell in love with, you know, being a gym rat. And now I, you know, that's kind of how I spend my time is, you know, lifting, lifting weights um, in the weight room, you know, at the gym. And eventually it became where I spent so much time at the gym. I was like, hey, I might as well try to get something out of this. So, you know, one of my buddies, he uh, lived in Australia and he did a bodybuilding competition and then kind of introduced me to kind of, you know, how you get set up in it. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, go for it. Give it a shot. So I've currently done, I've done two uh, over the last couple of years, and it's been a uh, it's been a cool experience um, to really kind of test my you know my will essentially, and, and you know kind of push my body to the limit um, in terms of you know how uh, lean I can get and things like that. So um, that's kind of one of my other passions, obviously. So typically when I'm not eating or sleeping, uh, when I'm not you know <laughs> doing fantasy football related things, um, yep. I'm usually at the gym. All right. Well, there's no better compliment to pushing tons of weight and bodybuilding than analyzing data and breaking down plays and writing articles <laughs> on fantasy football, right? I mean, this is a natural fit, clearly a natural oh, of course. fit. <laughs> well, it's great having you on the show, Andrew. This is going to be an exciting episode. Uh, we have got a lot of fantasy football to talk about today, including strength of schedule, draft strategies, sleepers, but so much to talk about. Let's go ahead and get this started. All right. For first, let me get started with Demarco Murray. Now, Ryan and I had discussed this last week uh, that his about his free agency, uh, but then he apparently retired. Now it's still not quite certain that he's going to stay in retirement. But Andrew, let me go to you first. What do you think? Do you think Demarco Murray is really retired? And where do you uh, draft him, or do you draft him at all now in a standard fantasy football league? Yeah, so we, we're always always hesitant to say, oh, well, he's retired. You know, he's finally done. Um, you know, we've seen it a couple times. You know, Brett Favre, you know, said he was retired a couple times. And then most recently, Marshawn <laughs> yep. Lynch. Um, so Marshawn Lynch retired and sat out a year, and then he came back in the league. So 
Um, never say never. Um, so there is always a chance that Murray can come back. But, um, you know, it is interesting, his timing. Um, you know, the reports that come out that, you know, there was, you know, three to four teams that he was in contact with. He turned down the offer from the Saints um, to kind of work out with them. Um, so it is interesting, and then it kind of fell right after the uh, the LaShawn McCoy news broke. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Murray maybe, you know, had a change of heart and, you know, really considered, you know, looking at his, you know, his own health and well-being and was like, you know, you know, I could probably play a couple more years, but, you know, I've seen the effects of what this game can do. Um, and, you know, to these other running backs, and, you know, just looking at LaShawn McCoy, a guy that's not that much older than him, you know, now being involved in some domestic violence, um, you know, issue that, you know, could possibly relate to any type of CTE type of, you know, symptoms. So um, I, I definitely could see Murray, you know, honestly being done and, and not playing. But then again, and, and then especially, you know, with the running back position, it's, it's so easy to find, you know, replace that position. Um, especially after last year, he was, you know, overall pretty ineffective as a running back. So I'm not exactly sure, especially based on, you know, you know, a guy like Adrian Peterson who's out on the market that, you know, seems like he really wants to play. Um, it's, you know, really hard for teams to kind of come knocking by like, Hey, like you want to come play with us when you, you kind of already retired and kind of checked out. Um, so and we've seen it too, you know, Arian Foster was another guy. He, you know, he ended up playing that season, but then he retired, you know, four games in. So yeah. to, be, to be honest, you know, in a standard league, I don't think I'm going to be drafting DeMarco Murray. I mean, I was drafting him earlier in best ball leagues, but at this point, you know, I'm going to probably buy that he's probably not going to end up playing this year, especially, you know, with so many running backs that you can get, obviously injuries can pile up, but it's not like he's the only veteran running back out there. And, you can make the argument that he's not even the best one on the market. So, right. um, for me, I mean, maybe if Zeke gets hurt, I could see him being a reunion in, in, uh, in Dallas. But besides that, I, I think, uh, DeMarco Murray's going to be uh, retired this season and he's going to be on the couch with us watching football. <laughs> well, it's not a bad place to be either. Well, Ryan, let me turn to you. No time for a bachelorette update this week, but I do want to ask you about this question because we spoke a lot about DeMarco Murray last week. What do you think? Is he going to stay retired? Is he really retired? And um, would you try to draft him in any fantasy football league? Yeah, the, we gave him the nice kiss of death last week. But um, <laughs> no, no, I, I would, know. Uh, we talked about how great he was. <laughs> yeah, I think I have like one or two shares of him in best ball uh, on draft from earlier this year. But no, I wouldn't draft him now. And uh, you know, the old saying that once once you have one foot out the door, once you think about retiring, you're already retired. So mm-hmm. uh, even if he does come back and play. You know, I have, I have very little faith in, in what he'll do at this point. So, no, I'm not touching DeMarco Murray at all. Okay, well, let's go ahead. I mean, that's all, all good insight there. Let's go ahead and ring the bell on that one. Let's move on to the next topic. And we're going to talk about, well, we'll talk about the best players. We talk about the best players all the time, and they are going to be the best players. But their opponents over the course of a season also matter for fantasy football. So let's go ahead and turn to you, Andrew, first. What teams are you targeting for their schedule in fantasy football and give us your top five uh, when you're done kind of talking about that. Yeah, so there's a couple teams that uh, I've kind of looked at in terms of their schedule um, and what I kind of think can be useful, you know, going into the season. And, you know, a lot of the information I kind of have looked at it comes from Warren Sharp, um, another analyst who's done a lot of really mm-hmm. great work with strength of schedule. So um, I actually have his uh, – I actually purchased his, his book, um, that has tons of information about that, you know, the 2018 football preview. Um, if you're looking for, you know, 
a lot of information that that book definitely has it. But um, so some of the, the schedules and one I like to point out, you know, so the Arizona Cardinals actually have uh, the hardest schedule. Um, they're actually ranked 32nd out of the, all the teams. So the Cardinals is a team that I'm not super happy about in terms of, you know, those depth pieces. And just one thing I wanted to point out though with them is that their home road splits, um, their road games are very difficult and their home games are very, very favorable, especially in the passing game. And what that tells me is Larry Fitzgerald, a guy that's always had, you know, major home road splits. I get Fitzgerald having a massive home road split again this season. And that's going to be a guy that, you know, that you do target that I think that realistically you don't actually have to start on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis. You can actually start Fitzgerald, you know, on the, you know, at home, be confident in him. But then, you know, as you move into the road games, put him on your bench because he's probably not going to produce. Um, So that's just kind of one point with a team that I'm not super familiar with the schedule, but, with the teams that I like their schedule. So I'll list out a couple here. So the Texans and the Patriots, um, they, and, and I could probably throw the Packers in here as well. So these three teams all rank in the top eight in terms of strength of schedule and how easy it is. So the Texans have the, the easiest schedule. The um, Patriots have the second easiest schedule. And of course, you know, you think a team coming off the Super Bowl loss, you know, would have a tough schedule, but they have the number two easiest schedule. And then you have the Packers, who have the eighth easiest schedule. So the thing that, you know, I look at these teams they all have in common is, you know, they all have really good offenses, and they're probably going to be up in games. So with these three teams, it's all about solving the running back code. You know, figuring out which team is going to have, you know, what running back, because for the most part, these three teams are going to be having a lot of leads, a lot of double-digit leads during the season, mm-hmm. which is when we see, you know, the running game, you know, these running backs really put up fantasy points. Right. Well, that's very interesting. So, um, Ryan, any thoughts on this, on strength of schedule? Do you agree with the ones that uh, Andrew pointed out? Do you have some of your own that you're thinking about, either good or bad? Yeah, so I tried to look at it a little bit differently and instead of taking overall strength of schedule, um, I was going working off a of fantasy pros list um, based on strength of schedule for, for position uh, for position groups. So um, one in particular that, that jumps out to me is Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville uh, is in the top five strength of schedule for quarterbacks and wide receivers. Um, they're seventh for running back and third for tight end. So I actually have Jacksonville for fantasy purposes for across the board um, being being the number one on my list just because of that, that the matchups that they're going to face this year. Um, so obviously not not looking at projections for individual players, but just, just based on strength of schedule. So, the, so my list continued on. Um, that was kind of the formula I did. Um, but I had the Bears at number two because they have pretty wow. favorable matchups. Uh, one number one for running back, number six for wide receiver, number four for quarterback, and number fifteen for tight ends. Uh, the Redskins were eleven at tight end, one at wide receiver, two at quarterback. They are thirtieth in the running back. Um, apparently, run defenses are, are pretty stacked in the in the NFC East according to Fantasy Pros because the Giants, the Bears, uh, or not the Bears, sorry, the Giants, the Skins, the Cowboys, and the Eagles are all in the bottom uh, quarter for for run defenses. They'll be going up or for running back. Uh, strength of schedule this year. Um, but then I went on with the Giants, uh, four for wide receiver, 31 for running back, like I noted, eight for quarterback, and 24 for tight end. And the Vikings 
uh, were 10 for wide receiver, three for running back, 10 for quarterback, and then uh, 25 for tight end. But as far as the main three position groups, um, you know, they're in the top 10 in all three. So that was kind of the tact I took at it was kind of looking at individual and trying to find the teams that had the most top 10 uh, matchups. So those are the offenses, you know, from a, a SOS standpoint that I'm high on right now. Okay, so Andrew, let me ask you this question. So the Ryan there named off the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Chicago Bears, the Washington Redskins, the New York Giants. Um, what are your thoughts on their schedules? Because I know that on your list so far, you were saying Texans, Patriots, Packers being up there. So we got a whole lot here to kind of to kind of unpack. But what are your thoughts on Jacksonville Jaguars, Bears, Redskins, and the Giants? Yeah, so uh, the Jaguars, I, I agree with. I think that they actually have a you know a really soft schedule in terms of um, you know especially on the second half of the season. Um, they actually had a really easy schedule last year too, um, and that's you know obviously they were able to turn that around um, mm-hmm. and kind of um, you know obviously produce you know a lot of fantasy you know relevant players and overall as a team they scored you know. I don't remember if they were, I think they were top five in, in like points scored. And obviously that includes like um, defensive points as well. Cause they did score a lot of, um, you know, defensive, you know, touchdowns because uh, of how elite their defense was. Um, but in terms of the other teams, so looking at like a team like the bears, um, I mean, it can be, you know, straight to schedule is always tricky because, you know, things mm-hmm. can change pretty, you know, dramatically, you know, season over season. So uh, I'm not, you know, obviously, you know, Ryan kind of looks up some great stats there. So I'm going to probably tend to agree with, you know, wh- what Ryan has gone with in terms of his, you know, analysis of those certain rosters. Obviously, you know, you want to target the running backs, receivers, um, you know, mm-hmm. quarterback, tight end, you know, basically, you know, how many points that those teams give up. Um, but obviously, you know, it can take, you know, one injury, um, you know, for example, like with the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs basically, you know, their defense, you know, historically had shut had shut down the tight end position because of Eric Berry. Um, but then, you know, what do you, what happens? Oh, Eric Berry gets hurt. Okay. Now that, now that team is vulnerable against the tight end extremely. Um, so mm-hmm. things can change. Um, so strength of schedule is, you know, something that's important to always note, but I would say it's more of a tiebreaker when you're kind of trying to decide between two guys, especially when you look at guys that you're taking later in the drafts, um, you know, uh, you know, kind of talking about, you know, the, the, um, the giants. I know Eli has a bit of a tough schedule um, in the beginning of the season. I believe um, he opens up against Jacksonville. So mm-hmm. that's yeah. a, that's an interesting game, you know, fire up the Jacksonville DST for sure. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to be starting. I mean, it's going to be tough to start Eli Manning week one for sure. Um, but you know, the rest of his beginning schedule is pretty tough. And then there was, what mm-hmm. was that? What was that last? Uh, after the Redskins or Redskins Giants? Redskins. What was it? Yeah, so the Redskins, you know, and I'm kind of looking again. Once again, I'm kind of referring to the, um, to the, you know, the Warren Sharp articles that I've kind of been reading. But, you know, from from what I'm seeing here is, you know, from weeks three through seventeen, uh, the Redskins face the toughest schedule in the NFL. Um, hmm. And you know, all three of their primetime games are on the road this year. So the Redskins, I'm going to disagree with. Um, I'm not exactly sure. I'm not in love with their schedule and kind of with the teams that they're they're seeing. Um, they have they have a good opening with their first two weeks, but as the season goes on, um, this that their schedule gets really tough. 
All right. So good information, everybody. You, you have some strength of schedule talk there based on position. You got from Ryan based overall, based on what Andrew's pulled out there. And beware of those Cardinals and what they might not be able to get you when they are not at home. So good information there. Let's go ahead and ring the bell. Go on to the next topic here. The next topic we have for you is talking about those deep wide receivers. Now, figuring out the top target on each team might be relatively straightforward, but figuring out which other wide receivers to draft in fantasy football is a bit trickier. trickier. So with that said, uh, Andrew, we'll go to you first. Which wide receivers do you like drafting that aren't wide receiver ones on their team? Yeah, so and this is probably my favorite guy um, is Geronimo Allison on the Green Bay wow. Packers. And so Geronimo Allison is a – right now he's slotted in as that primary the secondary outside receiver for Aaron Rodgers so a cool thing that I've kind of looked looked at with the Packers offense so obviously you have Devontae Adams there you know as the number one um, Jimmy Graham is there as the tight end um, and then you have Randall Cobb who starts in the slot um, but basically when they're in you know two wide receiver sets with a tight end and running back um, it's going to be Geronimo Allison that lines up on the outside um, not Randall Cobb and probably not one of these rookie wide receivers that the Packers have um, drafted. You know, they drafted three wide receivers. They drafted two wide mm-hmm. receivers last year. Um, can either of you guys tell me the receivers that they drafted last year, what their names are? <laughs> not last no. year. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So he, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really see production from rookie wide receivers. Um, you can even go back to Devontae Adams' rookie year. You can go back to Randall Cobb's rookie year. You can go back to Jordy Nelson's rookie year. None of them put up big numbers their rookie year. It takes a little bit of time for these receivers to develop chemistry with, you know, a, you know, a premier quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Um, and Geronimo Allison has a year under his belt. Um, you know, he did have a couple games last year where he flashed. He had over 100 yards in a game that Randall Cobb missed, um, where he had the opportunity to play more, you know, as that third wide receiver. So I really like Geronimo Allison. I mean, you can't go wrong with if Aaron Rodgers is throwing you the football. I mean, I don't know what other kind of upside you need um, from the wide receiver <laughs> position. Um, right. So I really like Geronimo Allison. Great. And um, Ryan, why don't we just flip over to you for a second here? What what wide receivers are you targeting that are not wide receiver ones on their team? Well, the two that I, I took uh, had two things in common. Both were uh, high on my strength of schedule list, and both were very low in ADP. So. Uh, looking at Jacksonville, I targeted D.D. Westbrook, whose uh, ADP is 191 right now, and projections on Fantasy Pros are 535 yards, full 41 receptions, three touchdowns. Um, and then the second guy was Anthony Miller in Chicago. I'm giving way too much oh, love Chicago it. love to you right I now. I love it. And, and I'm <laughs> not enjoying it. Um, but his ADP is 212 with, with a projection of 36 uh, receptions for 472 yards and two and a half touchdowns is where they have a marked down in fantasy pros right now. So given where those guys are going and the opportunity, the offenses they are going to be in uh, based on the, the strength of schedule stats. I think those are two guys to target late in your, in your drafts right now. And, uh, and uh, Andrew will win the, the award for the deepest pick. They are Geronimo Allison edging out Anthony Miller by about five, three spots. Anthony Miller being 212 uh, ADP and Geronimo Allison at 215 in standard leagues. Uh, all right, that's uh, some interesting information, things that for people to look at and consider. Let's ring the bell. Let's move on to our sleepers list. Now, this is always fun to do, but for the purposes of this show, a sleeper we're defining as those that are drafted outside the top 100 for Fantasy Pro's standard ADP 
and that you believe will exceed value in a significant way. So let's go to you, Andrew, first. One sleeper at each position, quarterback, wide receiver, running back, tight end. Let's hear it. All right, so you want them all at once? Do you want the elaborate analysis at each one, or <laughs> am I just going all for it? Well, why don't you go all four, and then we'll talk about them so everyone gets them up front. All right, cool. So at quarterback, we have Dak Prescott. At uh, running back, we have Elijah McGuire. At wide receiver, we have Keelan Cole. And at tight end, we have Blake Jarwin. Uh, wow. Tight end for the uh, the Dallas Cowboys. So, you yeah. know, I'll go over my, my Dallas Cowboys first. So, uh, Dak Prescott, um, a guy that no one is giving enough respect to um, this season. Um, I believe, uh, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, he's going somewhere around the QB 15. Maybe actually a little bit later, QB 16, 17. Uh, I'm not sure if you can confirm, you know, where he's going, but he's definitely going, you know, wide receiver. He's not going as a QB one. He, he's going in the right, back right. end. He's as a, going as a QB, QB 19 right now in standard league. All right, yeah. So QB 19. So even more disrespect than I initially thought. <laughs> um, so with Dak Prescott, the thing that people are forgetting of how good he was and how good he is with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, he was a quarterback one all his rookie season, and he was a quarterback one, you know, halfway through last season. But then, you know, what happened was, you know, the wheels kind of fell off with the Cowboys. Um, they lost mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott to his suspension. And if you look at Dex, you know, his points with and without Ezekiel Elliott, um, with Ezekiel Elliott, um, he averages anywhere between he averages 19.3 fantasy points without Mm -hmm. Ezekiel Elliott he averages 11.72 fantasy points Hmm. so there's a significant difference between you know how Dak performs with and without Zeke and okay you know you can say then oh then Dak's probably not good of a real quarterback but you know what for the sake of fantasy, I don't really care how good Dak is as a real quarterback. I just want him to be a good fantasy quarterback. <laughs> right. And as of right now, as of right now, Ezekiel Elliott's going to be in the backfield with him because there's literally nobody else on the Cowboys that Dak can use. Um, you know, besides obviously Blake Jarwin, you know, the tight end that I'm going to, uh, you know, give, a, give some love to. But I know that people are concerned about the receivers. Um, but realistically, I think that, you know, the offense is going to go through Zeke, and Dak has rushing ability. He scored six rushing touchdowns the last two seasons. Um, so, you know, who's to say he can't do that again? He set a, you know, consistent floor there with his six rushing touchdowns. So I really do like Dak Prescott, um, and I think that he's just, you know, people are sleeping on him and what he can really do. Um, looking at the tight end position, you know, obviously Jason Witten is, is gone now from the, the Cowboys, and, Blake Jarwin is actually the guy that I am looking to target from the Cowboys to fill that Jason mm-hmm. Witten role. Um, so Blake Jarwin's actually gotten some love, you know, from the Roto World Post. Uh, but, this, mm-hmm. you know, even before that, though, um, essentially we can all kind of go back to the draft. Um, Dallas Goddard was on the board. And, you know, as a cow- you know, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but, you know, every Cowboys fan was thinking, oh, Dallas Goddard's on the board, you know, second round. All right, we're going to grab him and we're going to be all set. We'll get Jason Witten's replacement. Unfortunately, the Eagles, you know, went up and, and, and snagged him before the Cowboys could. Um, right. But we all know, remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yep. um, but what's interesting about that is, you know, a few months earlier, the Eagles actually tried to grab a tight end from the Cowboys. Um, this tight end was Blake Jarwin. Um, the Cowboys were planning to cut Jarwin um, and then sign him to the practice squad. 
However, the Eagles wanted to sign him to their uh, their squad. So essentially, Dallas was left with a position where it's like, all right, we either get rid of him and then he signs with the Eagles, or we have to sign him to our roster. So the Cowboys, you know, seeing that they wanted to keep Jarwin, signed him to the active roster um, last season. So um, the, the Eagles got back at the Cowboys a little bit this year with Dallas Goddard, but it is interesting to see that, you know, the Cowboys valued Jarwin enough where they didn't want to lose him to one of their division rivals. So that's what kind of caught my eyes with Jarwin, especially as well as that he's also, you know, of the tight ends on the Dallas Cowboys right now, he's probably the best uh, pass-catching one of them all. Um, not the best blocker necessarily, but he can still block and he can still catch passes, which is kind of why I like him at the tight end position. Um, okay. And then finishing up with receiver and running back, uh, Keelan Cole. So, Ryan, I know you mentioned D.D. Westbrook as your guy. I'm, I'm all about Keelan Cole. Uh, Keelan Cole is definitely my Jacksonville receiver that I like. I mean, you just look at his numbers last year. Uh, I mean, he was like a wide receiver one, you know, the last half of the season, last season. Um, we've seen him do it before. I mean, Didi was hurt, you know, the beginning of most of last year, um, and he did have some flashes. But realistically, you know, you look at the numbers, I think Keelan Cole was better than Didi Westbrook was last year. Um, and, you know, I know Westbrook has a little more draft pedigree than Keelan Cole does, but um, as of right now, I'm, I'm a, definitely a Keelan Cole guy. Um, just 100%, I'm not a DJ Chark guy, though. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I can't stand has, DJ Chark, but I, I'm definitely name, feeling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, we got you know, got to you know, rename Shark Week DJ Chark Week, you know. <laughs> right. Well, hey, he's got the one. He got the name for it. Hey, so a real yeah, quick, exactly. give, us, give us your Elijah McGuire thoughts. Yep, and then uh, yeah, finish up with McGuire. Um, so the big thing with McGuire is I think that he just has an opportunity for a role on the Jets' offense. So the Jets have Isaiah, Isaiah Crowell as their starting running back. Um, you know, yawn. It's a little bit, you know, a little bit more of those boring running backs. Um, but then they have Bilal Powell kind of slotted in as that pass-catching role. Um, but the thing with Bilal Powell is Elijah McGuire showed some bursts last year and showed a lot of what Bilal Powell can do, except he can do it at a much, much cheaper cost. Right now, Bilal Powell is going to be a $4 million hit on the Jets' salary cap. At the running back mm-hmm. position, you're going to pay a, you know, a third down back $4 million at age 29. I'm not so sure that that Bilal Powell is actually going to make the team this year, and I think that Elijah – I wow. predict him not to make the team this year, and I think that Elijah McGuire is going to come and step in and be that third down role back um, because he's – you know, honestly, he's way cheap. I don't think he can be just as productive. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's good information. Some really late sleepers there. Uh, we're going to switch it over to you, Ryan. We're running a little short, but why don't you give us your – Four sleepers and uh, a little bit of thoughts about that. Yeah, I'll go through them uh, quickly. Uh, quarterback, I had Alex Smith. Um, well, I know me and Andrew disagree on this. Um, just looking at the pass defenses they're playing overall, I just I think the Redskins are slotted to have a, a good passing game this year. Um, and he finished fourth last year among quarterbacks, and his ADP is 141 right now, going as the 20th QB off the board. Uh, yep. Wide receiver. No, no surprise. I, I went with D.D. Westbrook. I don't need to touch on him again. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Running back, I, I took Ty Montgomery uh, with the Aaron Jones suspension for the first two games. And I just think that Montgomery, you know, is the only one who's really proven anything there. So I've, I've flipped on those three backs, you know, all preseason. So right now I'm on the Ty Montgomery train. Um, in a tight end, I had two guys. I really like Vance McDonald in Pittsburgh now. And then Eric Ebron, I think, is going to – if wow. Andrew Luck – um, is healthy. I like e- Ebron to put it on, uh, put it together this year. And I'm just, you know, I'm not a 
Doyle fan. Um, and so I think Ebron has a chance to live up to his potential now and, uh, you know, in kind of live in that uh, Dwayne Allen role. Jesus, Dwayne Allen role uh, where he's going <laughs> to steal some touchdowns there uh, in the red zone for them. So um, those are the, the two tight ends I had and, and purely just for opportunity what, uh, sake. Okay. Awesome. So that's some, some good information there. We're going to go ring the bell on the sleepers. We're almost out of time here. So why don't you just go ahead and name them for us, Andrew, your four busts. And then uh, well, why don't you go ahead after that, Ryan, you name your four busts, and then we'll just talk about them together. Yeah, so my busts are uh, – so running back is Kenyon Drake, um, wide receiver Brandon Cooks, uh, quarterback Jared Goff, and at tight end is uh, Jimmy Graham. Wow. Okay. And Ryan, what about you? Well, I'll start off with the the ones that the one that me and Andrew can hold hands and sing in harmony about. I have Brandon Cooks as the bust at receiver too. <laughs> surprise, um, surprise. And then to go really controversial in the next three, I got Aaron Rodgers missing six games with injury yet again and not being a top end <laughs> quarterback. Okay. I have I have Travis Kelsey having no uh, chemistry with Patrick Mahomes and being a bust. And then Holy Kareem cow. Hunt. Kareem Hunt had six 100-plus yard games last year. Oh, he also man. had six games where he had less than 50 yards. Kareem Hunt regresses. All oh. oh, the Arrowhead hate. Unbelievable. So, okay. So let me ask you this question um, really, really, really quick. Both of you guys have cooks on the list. He just got signed to a five-year contract. Does that in any way change your opinion that he's going to be there for a while? Maybe he's going to really lock it down and be something for that system. Yeah, I'll start with this, Ryan. Uh, um, I don't think that that really makes much of a difference. I mean, yeah, okay, now they're committed to him. Um, but still, Brandon Cooks is a guy that, um, you know, they'll design plays for. You know, they'll have, you know, screens and things like that. But, you know, Cooks has been what he's been. He's been a guy that, you know, has boomer bust every single week. And, you know, with guys like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Todd Gurley, I mean, he's not even the best offensive player on his team. So... Cooks. Okay, and uh, and Ryan, does it change anything for you at all? Yeah, um, as absolutely zero because both Sean Payton and Bill Belichick both uh, both traded this guy. So when you're on your third <laughs> team in like four or five seasons, that's usually a bad sign. Okay, well, fair enough. That's all the time we have today. Oh my gosh, it goes so fast. Going to hit the horn on the entire show here. Thanks again, Andrew, for joining us on the show today. Fantastic insight. For our listeners, and uh, I've been taking diligent notes myself, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners where to find you on social media so they can follow you? Yeah, so you guys can follow me on Twitter at Andrew Erickson underscore. Uh, slide into those DMs. All right. And Ryan, your social media accounts and all the call shout outs that you have to make. <laughs> yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram, football underscore garbage underscore time. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Whitfield, N-E. Uh, and a uh, quick shout-out to DraftingSleepers.com, the social network for fantasy sports, and to our brand-new sponsor, at SquadQL. Yeah. Um, the to optimize your lineups this year. All right. I'd love to hear that. Okay, well, thank you once again to Andrew for joining us. Thank you, Ryan, for all that insight and all that those great shout-outs. And all you listeners, uh, thank you once again for wasting time with us. And until next time, enjoy your NFL week.